2: 30, Jeter. It's another great day for wellness and this is Bones bringing the packs of F3 Nation the latest strategies and tips to accelerate their king and optimize their queen. Health is a journey and requires you to take a proactive approach on a daily basis. Knowing exactly what to do and how to do it will help you achieve it faster. Each week, we are going to be interviewing the leading health and wellness experts, sharing inspiring stories from the packs, and diving into the latest research to help you optimize your health. So get ready as we embark on your hunt for wellness.
0: He looked like a stroke victim. He couldn't walk. He couldn't talk. We didn't know what he had. We didn't, know, we didn't know what it was. Learning how to walk again. Learning how to talk again. You don't want to see your child, your adult child, any child, in that situation. And I never knew that, like they always say, the knock comes on your door and you don't realize when that knock is going to happen. And then when it happens, not just Matthew's life, changed in perception but mine did because like you said you just take every day for granted you don't realize how different tomorrow can be or even in the next hour and the domino effect of how that shifts your life my life Matt's life his family's life and then Just the path that you are on. And what I keep reminding Matthew is. God had a plan for him. In more ways than one. Um, It wasn't his turn. And it was. I truly believe it was God's way of putting Matt on a certain path that Matt was not going to travel. He would have traveled a different direction. Something happened that day that needed him to go through this path, no matter how frightening, how scary and how unknown, to lead him to where he is today. And now we have Matthew here today and he is giving society back. He's paying it forward um, with F3 the challenges that you guys have given him that he has embraced, um, your family to him. And I appreciate and thank all of you for that. And you all have become an amazing family, extended family to, my, to myself, to Matt, because he found an outlet. So I'm very thankful I'm very grateful. Um, I feel like I have a second chance with my son. And I thank God for allowing me to have that time is i'm proud of matthew because he's he's done all the work you know i'm just a cheerleader you know i'm just a mom i'm just really proud of him i'm really proud for his successes i think it's important that people know that to be inspired by a negative a negative can be a positive if you have the right advocacy if you have the right strength and the right belief
2: well, welcome back to another edition of the Hunt for Wellness podcast. This is Dr. Tuna Hunt, otherwise known as Bones in the Gloom, and you have just been listening to Julie. Julie is the mother of Matthew Ladder, otherwise known as Jeter in the Gloom. And in today's episode, I had the privilege of talking to Jeter about his miraculous health journey, how he went from a healthy young man to ending up in the hospital unable to talk and walk, and just how support of family and community and, of course, F3 surrounded his life and allowed him to regain his health, not only his first F, but really shape him into the high-impact man that he is today. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and if you do, as always, please be sure to share it with your family, other packs, and across your social media channels. But before we get to today's episode, today's health tip. So you've probably heard the term probiotics before. They are the healthy bacteria that many people take to help with gut flora and aiding in digestion. Examples of foods that are probiotics include yogurt, kombucha, and kefir. But have you ever heard about prebiotics? By definition, prebiotics are non-digestible fiber compounds that are degraded by gut microbiota. Just like other high fiber foods, prebiotic compounds pass through the upper part of the gastrointestinal tract and remain undigested because the human body can't fully break them down. Once they pass through the small intestine, they reach the colon where they're fermented by the gut microflora, in other words, Prebiotics are the food for probiotics and other gut bacteria. Because they can't be broken down by the small intestine, they remain intact as they reach the colon and are fermented by the beneficial bacteria in the gut and used as a source of fuel to help enhance gut flora health. Prebiotics are responsible for a variety of health-promoting factors, including decreased cardiovascular risk, lower cholesterol, improved digestion, lower stress response, better immune function, and lower risk of obesity and weight gain. Prebiotics can be taken in a supplement form, but there are several foods that you can consume to increase your intake. The foods with the most prebiotics include garlic, onions, raw asparagus, and underripe bananas. Focus on eating plenty of fiber-rich foods aiming to get 25 to 30 grams of fiber each day from a variety of whole foods. That said, if you're unable to meet your needs through food alone, you may want to consider prebiotic and probiotic supplements. Look for a supplement that contains real prebiotics instead of compounds with prebiotic-like effects, and be sure to buy from a reputable retailer with high-quality standards as well. So consider upping your intake of prebiotics as well as probiotics. By doing so, you will improve your gut health, cardiovascular health, and maybe even aid in weight loss. Now for today's episode. Welcome back to another Hunt for Wellness podcast. This is Dr. Tunis Hunt, otherwise known as Bones in the Gloom, and I am very excited about today's guest and our our topic and and really the transformational story that he's going to be able to share. I have none other than Jeter from the Grand Strand with me. Welcome to the podcast, Jeter. Thank you, Bones. How are we doing today? I'm doing great, my friend. Good to see you. And, and I'm glad that uh, you're able to carve out some time of your busy life. Uh, if I understand correctly, you're in the middle of some academy training. Is that correct? Yes,
1: sir. I'm working for a uh, local county down here in South Carolina and blessed enough to be pushed through a uh, some law enforcement academy training for occupation I currently hold. Awesome. A very well, polite, PA friendly way.
2: I got you. So Jeter, uh, I take it you're a uh, Red Sox fan? I could say that a little bit. <laughs> I, uh,
1: I happened to show up to the boom one morning at Warthog, which is the uh, grandstand name for Forbes Court, which is in Downmarket market common. I was uh, EH'd by a gentleman, Robert Barton, better known as Valvano. And I showed up wearing a, a brewing shirt, but they don't know what hockey is. So the only sport they could remember that, the, that they had was Patriots and Red Sox. So they went with Jeter, which I, I don't gotcha. mind because it's just, you know, respecting my Hall of Fame capabilities.
2: That's right. Well, there's worse things to be called. And if you're really not a huge Boston Red Sox fan, or if you don't really truly hate the Yankees, I guess Jeter's not a, a bad title to, to roll around with. Plus, uh, to your point, you can talk about your athletic abilities and, and future Hall of Fame uh, aspirations in life. So, Pax, uh, I met Jeter at the 10-year anniversary uh, a few weeks back. Uh, we were standing on the beach watching a bunch of grown men waddle around in the sand playing what we call Bro Olympics, as well as some of the other guys doing some Iron packs Challenge. And I was speaking with another Pax member, and we were commenting, or he was commenting on the podcast and asking about you know, health and wellness topics. And Jeter was there, and, and, and he pointed to Jeter, and he said, hey, This guy's got a great story to tell. You should have him on the podcast. So one thing led to another, uh, and and here we are. So I brought Jeter on because uh, I was pretty inspired by his story. I think you guys will be as well. And uh, I just wanted to uh, give him that platform to share not only what it's like to go through some kind of health uh, debilitating condition, but more importantly, how brotherhood and F3 and family commitment uh, and support structure around him can really make a difference in his life. So before we kind of dive into all the details of your story, uh, I know we we kind of briefed over a little bit of your F3 story. It sounds like you're in the Grand Strand. Sounds like obviously your your name is Jeter. What's your hospital name? My hospital name is Matthew Ladder. Gotcha. I
1: go to town north of Boston called Beverly
2: and currently in South Carolina, and what brought you to South Carolina?
1: So I originally came down to South Carolina to help recover from um, my onset of encephalitis sometime in November of last year. And my mother lives down in Carolina forest and Myrtle Beach. So I was having a lot of trouble up north with recovering and COVID and a lockdown restriction. So I ended up coming down here to further my recovery because I wasn't recovering at a good
2: pace up north. Got it. So you mentioned encephalitis, and that is kind of one of the topics we're going to be talking about today. So if you will, uh, maybe kind of back up to that fateful day uh, a year or two ago when when you had an episode that really kind of struck your health uh, to the point where it shouldn't be. So give us a little context of what your story is about.
1: Okay. So... Essentially speaking the story, it's kind of Mother's Day of 2020, I was sitting in my dad and my stepmom's condo in Salem, Massachusetts, watching a service to, at Great Rock Church or a Facebook Live. I got up to go get some water or something, so I came back to the table, had a grand mal seizure, went to Salem Hospital, was there for a few days, 10 days. Um, I was released sometime in June. Then I was out there. I went through a whole battery of tests. I did a spinal tap to determine what it is. Well, I was down here celebrating the 4th of July in South Carolina with my mother. I had an autoimmune relapse and I came back down with the, um, I had a relapse of the uh, condition which put me back in the hospital for roughly two and a half to three months. I was in the hospital from mid-July to sometime in September, dealing with the autoimmune condition. So for those who are unaware, encephalitis is a sudden and traumatic brain infection, not a traumatic brain injury, wherein some form of bacteria, uh, usually a form of a simple herpes, that kind of causes cold sores. Um uh, gets in your bloodstream, infects the brain, causes lesions in the brain, and removes any sort of higher end motor function and critical thinking. So I lost all abilities to read, write, walk, talk, bathe, any sort of thing on my own. And I was dealing with that from about Mother's Day of last year to about February of this year. I'm still probably going through the side effects, but it's on it's currently hard to tell.
2: Wow. Uh, so last year, Mother's Day, uh, kind of would you consider yourself in pretty good health at that moment in time? I mean, tell me a little bit about what you were doing with career and activity levels prior to having that grandma seizure.
1: So at that time, I was probably I myself always in good shape. I've always been an avid CrossFitter. I've been doing that since I joined the service back in 2010. And that's always been a side hobby of mine. I always tried to go to the CrossFit five or six times a week. I've always been an avid runner. So I've always considered myself in somewhat decent shape. I always had a good PT test in the military. At that time, I was working for a, uh, doing government contracting, running a mail room at Hanscom Air Base. And I was working uh, there running mail room for a month. Prior to that, I was pursuing a law enforcement career. I had been working at the Department of the Navy, Force Naval Shipyard as a police officer for a few months from August of 19 to February of 20. And I got released due to uh, some complaints and stuff that were out of my control. And that was kind of a heartbreaker. That was kind of my dream job. And I got released at that time, but I transitioned well. So at that point, I was kind of at a low point in life, but I was physically in probably pretty decent shape with, at least with the gym, being shut down due to COVID and best I could in, in a New England winter.
2: Yeah. So you, you're in the military. It sounded like how many years did you serve in the military active duty?
1: I never served in active duty. I spent six years in the Marine Corps Reserve, and then I spent the past two years in the National Guard.
2: I got gotcha. you. So to your point, though, you're still having to perform PT tests. You're still having to live up to certain standards to be part of that. And up to that point in time, you're kind of, you know, passing all those things with pretty much flying colors. Is that, is that correct? That's correct. I
1: mean, for reference, Marine Corps PFT is a time three-mile run. Uh, max pull-ups in two minutes, max crunches. And I usually get 14, 15 pull-ups because you get about a 25, 24 minute, three mile. I usually do the 80 to 90 crunches required.
2: Gotcha. So for all intents and purposes, pretty fit, young man, uh, really no major health concerns at the time. And then boom, all of a sudden you get this seizure and you met, you said that the, uh, the final diagnosis was because they did a spinal tap and discovered you had this encephalitis, which as you mentioned, is an inflammatory response in the brain tissue due to viral infection or bacterial infection or or something causing that inflammation. Uh, Was that something that's ever been diagnosed prior to that time in uh, history and time, or is it something that runs in your family? No, it's
1: something believed to have come from a mosquito bite or some sort of infected bug bite. No one's really sure where it comes from, or, or at least in my, we know where it comes from in the general population. It's a, a bloodborne disease carried by mosquitoes. However, where I got it from, no one really knows. It's just uh, random pick It's like Lyme disease. You just yeah. pick it up, I look for the draw. And for example, back to your point of health, and I entered there,
2: hospital at about, about eighty-five body weight. I left at around 145 pounds. Gotcha. So lost about 40 pounds through that process of being in the hospital recovering. So not once, but twice you had a seizure. It sounded like you had one initially, and then it sounded like you had one a couple months later while you were in, in South Carolina, or were you back in Massachusetts when you had the second one?
1: I had a second, third or fourth. I had a second one in South Carolina. I was in my mom's house at a condo, uh, I think I had one in the shower or something like that, and I probably had one in the pool because I tried to swim when I wasn't supposed to because you're not supposed to swim when you have seizure disorder. But those are the two, you know, grandma ones, but I had a bunch of silent seizures from what I understand.
2: I got gotcha. you. Like the and- seizure I was
1: in the first time, I was in for a few days.
2: I got it. So yeah, and, and you and I were talking a little bit prior to to recording the show, and you kind of mentioned that you know and remember quite a bit, but at the same time there's there's lapses in this whole recovery time because of the health condition that you're in. You mentioned not being able to talk and walk and and different things. So paint 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 me a picture. Pa- paint the packs a picture of exactly what was life like at the very lowest point during this episode, uh, of what you were dealing with. I was all intents of purposes.
1: I was bed bound for a few weeks. If I needed to get up for anything, I would have to be picked up and carried to the bathroom or showered. I was almost on permanent IV treatment or some kinds, if I remember correctly. I was strained to the bed at night because I was a night terror and I had night terrors, so I'd get up and try and flee the hospital and fail miserably and fall over. Uh, I would probably black out for weeks at a time. It's pretty fuzzy what was going on. It, most of the stuff I know is being is reconstructed from what people told me because I don't really remember a lot of it, thankfully. Uh, but at the lowest point, yeah, I was pretty much bedridden and I was only allowed out of bed just to get some food and use the bathroom. Otherwise, I was restrained to the bed. Because I had balance issues and I had internal balance issues, so I couldn't control myself standing up. I took my first steps again in August of last year.
2: Wow! So August of last year, you're starting this recovery process, taking these first steps. So, kind of walk me through what were those steps that you started to take, and how was that impacting your health as you move through those steps?
1: So after the so. After the first rounds, uh, I went home from Brigham and Women's. This is in June of last year, right around more the weekend of last year. I did some quick outpatient therapy uh, in quick inpatient therapy at Brigham, I believe, just enough just to get out the door. I had a PICC line inserted to help with um, control infection and stuff or something like that. I don't know why I had it, but I had a PICC line. I had a box of medication about this big. So take your standard six day medication tray from Walgreens and use one of those every three days. So that was where I was medically. Um, I was sent home on a rigorous, like at home healthcare thing. We had help, we had a physicians come to the house to do speech therapy, teach me how to read and walk and teach me memory games. I uh, Basically walked around the block like a dog. So they would let me loose, go let me walk to the stop sign and back. And then I'd go a little further each day and that's where I was health-wise when I first got home the first time, if I remember it correctly. Then the second time it was a little bit more intensive because the autoimmune condition basically doubled down and ex, you know, put an exponent on the disease, and it stripped away not only what I had barely recovered, but put me, it put the, put me back behind, you know, the you know, back behind the starting line. If that makes any sort of sense.
2: Yeah, so not only did it knock you back to where you were, but even further further back from your recovery's starting point, the initial time. You mentioned autoimmune disease. Uh, is, is there a specific diagnosis of what the autoimmune disease was?
1: I'm not entirely sure if there's an exact name for it. It was just they say I have an autoimmune reaction to the healing process. Okay. So every six months I have to get some kind of rituximab infusion to help suppress my immune system or something weird. I don't understand any of it. I just know the words.
2: Yeah. So for packs, the listening autoimmune really just means that your immune system is mistakenly thinking tissues in your own body as its enemy. So it, it really kind of attacks its own tissue. And in your case, it could be the brain tissue. It could be other obviously issues in your body. And typically there's not a rhyme or reason. There's something that's creating that, uh, improper signaling to that immune system a lot of times it's overwhelm, whether it's a virus a bacteria toxins in the environment you name it it could be a, be a handful of different things could even be stress that could induce some of that autoimmune so you got the relapse uh i'm assuming you started the recovery process all over it again so when was it when you finally saw the light at the end of the tunnel i mean you you obviously you're taking these slow steps making day by day when was it when you're like okay maybe this is going to be something i'm going to recover from i would say april of this year okay so wow that as recent as that
1: yeah i would say roughly late february early april this year
2: so tell me what it was that gave
1: you hope it was, I had a, um, my neurologist and my, all my therapist. I reached a point in the therapy where they were saying I'd covered a point where it was on me to do so. I got my ability to drive again. And it, I went back to work full-time. It's really what it came down to. I was able to like drive myself to the gym and go to work full-time.
2: And, you know, I, I know that you're currently with F3, you mentioned earlier who EH'd you. So tell us a little bit about that story. Um, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about the story of, of kind of learning about F3 and 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 what how, how you kind of got integrated in some of those workouts. So
1: uh, uh, I got roped in, thankfully speaking. I was looking at that time with the Army National Guard to go through Officer Candidate School which is the process where commission officers receive their commission inside the U.S. Armed Forces. And it would have been a uh, year-long program with the National Guard. And a big part of that is a 12-mile timed ruck march that you have to accomplish in a certain time frame, about four hours, to uh, get through the first phase of your your OCS program. So seeing that challenge downrange and understanding from past experience with GoRuck, and having done a few Gorak challenges in my past, that if I want to accomplish it the best way, I have to find a ruck club to, to get on board with, to get my rucking up, get my fitness up. So I was on the Gorak Tough page. I put a post up at looking for a ruck club in the Grand Strand area. Valvano, aka Robert Barton, aka Valvano, said, hey, we have a ruck club again Wednesday mornings at uh, Warthog which is our AO name for the market common AO and the strands. And they meet at four 30 in the morning. He said, we'd love to have you. We can get your rucking up. And I was like, awesome. However, here's the issue. I don't have, I don't have wheels. So if you could either give me the address for an Uber or before I got like that last sentence out, he said, never mind. What's your address? We have a car on the way. And I said, Hey, this is where I live and young gentleman by the name of Fergie He came in the next morning and picked me up. It was pretty funny because I told my mom I was unable to live by myself up until uh, two months ago. And I told my mom at the time, I was living with her and I was like, hey, mom, uh, I found these people who get together at 430 in the morning and, you know, I'm trying to do the army thing and get back in the swing of things. And it's kind of early. She's like, well, how early? I'm your mom. I'll take care of you. I'm like, well, no, mom. Like it's 430 in the morning. You have to be at work till nine in the morning. Like you're not doing this. And she's like, you're right. I'm not doing this. How are you gonna figure this out? It's like, well, someone offered to pick me up. She's like, you're gonna let some stranger pick you up at four in the morning to go rocking. I'm like, yeah, of course I am. She's like, Of course you are. You have not I'm so glad you have. I've still got a brain injury, it hasn't changed you. That's actually quite verbatim, what she said. Wow. And, uh, so yeah, 4.15 that morning. Uh, Mr. Fergie himself, now the warthog ALQ, picked up, picked me up there brought me in i did my first wave record workout which is that workout's name um that day it was a great time met great people met the people of the strand and that's when it was a uh, you know gifted the honorific a jeter. and from that point forward they were just they've always been there for me they've been some of the the biggest stalwarts, some of the biggest people by my side as i've finished this as i've continued my recovery and gone through it Fergie gave me a ride for about two months almost every other morning to uh when I wanted to come in and work out wherever I was going he would just shoot me a text the night before I'd shoot him a text and say hey are you posting or he'd say hey you want to post and I'd say yeah you just pick me up and wherever we went we went I wasn't I was still new to F3 i was still learning the program didn't quite understand it I was just like I'm meeting friends meeting people I was at the point where I could socialize and quick side note My encephalitis infected the left side of my brain, which is your critical thinking and your social skills. So one of the things F3 did that's so great was give me that needed social outlet to relearn how to social, relearn my social skills and relearn how to talk and work with people. And that's kind of the medium length version of me starting at F3, posting with them continuously. And now I'm the second FQ for F3 Grand Strand
2: wow man what an awesome story and just a testimony to those brothers down there of f3 of the grand strand your willingness to reach out your willingness to accept a weird uh invite to 4 30 in the morning and a stranger picking you up uh, and willing to put yourself out there but uh even more so to uh him coming and picking you up every other morning for multiple months that's a true testimony of brotherhood and I know that you're certainly grateful to him and the rest of the packs down there. And I love the idea that how F3 not only accelerated your first F, but to your point, your second F and, and most likely your third F as well, uh, even though you didn't say that, but you know, just a really entire health transformation across the board as a result of implementing yourself with it. And so went from a... A scenario where part of the brain was injured or compromised due to this inflammation that affected social skills to essentially the cue of social, right? I mean, the cue of fellowship of the grand strand. So tell me a little bit about that role. How's that really challenged you or how are you embracing that that aspect of it uh, as you recover through this? Yeah, it's
1: it's been quite the struggle. And just to um, talk to your point of all three, yes, it has helped it helped me with all my F's, helping get my fitness back, get my fellowship back with my fellow brothers, my packs, and get my faith through them. Uh, Mr. Lombardi was one of our packs. He brought me to his church, so it's got my third F on, and now I'm doing a Warrior, so it's all that above. And, and in respect to the second F challenge, it's been quite the growing experience, getting to know the men, getting to know the strands, getting used to organizing things. The first thing I put together was we have a minor league team in the uh, area called the Pelicans. I helped organize a uh, night out at the Pelicans game for F3 Grandstand for all packs, M's and 2.0s. We had about 30 people or so go there. And that was actually one of the best experiences I've had since because that was the first time my mom got to meet all my packs, all my brothers and all my people. And she was finally like, oh, you're the weirdos I let my son hang out with at 4.30 in the morning. I'm so glad none of you are wearing an ankle bracelet. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, like these like are actually great people. Like you'll be surprised; they're all, you know, functional human beings just doing functional things." And she's like, "Well, glad to have faith in your judgment." So that's kind of that was that was a great moment of her being able to see everybody and seeing all the people. So that's morphed into me helping organize a Christmas party, and now I'm part of the senior leadership team and just doing my best just to get second up opportunities available to Pax Grand Strand as best I can on my schedule and learning what works best for people, how to accommodate various things like people with sobriety issues, people who don't have sobriety issues, people who, you know, don't like laser tag, whatever the issue might be. And that's been an incredible learning experience.
2: Got it. And it, it, it sounds like you're crushing it down there. I, I got to meet fellow Pax members of yours. And All of them have nothing but good things to say about you and what you're doing down there. And uh, I think that's fantastic. And and even knowing that, I mean, even knowing your backstory now makes it even that much better of a story and and understanding to to know what you're accomplishing, not only for yourself, but for your region and then for F3 and and what we stand for in the community. So super uh, proud of you, man. and, And I'm glad that you're able to do that. So as far as your first F goes, you're, you've obviously started accelerating that. Is there anything you're specifically working on now? I mean, any any bold, uh, aggressive first F goals that you that you're trying to accomplish?
1: Sadly, uh, not particularly. I've kind of retired the first F. Um, as I'm not sure if you remember this phones, but I was one of the did my marathon rock on the 10 year. So after finishing that marathon ruck, I. I think I'm going to take my rock outside and burn it. <laughs> I haven't put it on since. Not, I have no shame admitting that. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was something else. All right. That was one of the most moving experiences and one of those incredible things I'll ever do. So part of me doesn't want to ever top it. And part of me just doesn't want to ever do it again. And right now, the only thing I have that's fitness based that I'm working on is my personal on the other side of it. I'm performing what's called the fittest of the coast, which is a CrossFit competition for the entire South Carolina coastal region. And we have an open competition right now. So I'm trying to compete my best in the scale division for my age group, but my age group is 18 to 34 and it's a little aggressive for my taste.
2: I got it. So you're still accelerating your, your first staff, just not with the rucking aspect of things. And yeah, I, I got firsthand look at you guys coming in from that all night ruck and, I, earlier that day, decided not to do it, and uh, I had mixed feelings, but as soon as I saw you guys come in the next day, I decided that I probably made the better decision for my sanity and my capability of driving home the next morning, so, but kudos to you, man, what a fantastic accomplishment and, and a great cause, I mean, right, uh, for those that weren't aware of it, they were raising money for uh, called the It Rucks. They, they were uh, raising money to stop modern day slavery and, and what a fantastic opportunity to serve with that. So what keeps you motivated every day, uh, Jeter, to kind of wake up and do what you do? I mean, what keeps you doing the Daily Red Pill now?
1: i yeah, the biggest thing, the two biggest things that keep me motivated is just thankful that every day is just, I have it. Like yeah, I've come so close to losing tomorrow that the fact that I have tomorrow, I can wake up and embrace today. And I can just push through. I'm just incredibly thankful for. And I'm incredibly thankful for those to my right and my left that helped me push me and drag me, carry me where I'm at because I'm stubborn as a day is long, but I can have done this by myself, not by a long stretch. And, you know, without brothers like Headgear and Fergie and Kumpback and Valvano, and my mom, my parents, my family, I just, I feel like I owe them just to do nothing but my best and just push forward. And I've been given such a blessing that to waste it would be like, I, I can't waste it. And I think that at the end of the day is kind of what keeps me pushing that red pill is just be thankful for today. Cause you don't know what tomorrow will bring. And we have such a gift in front of us that every day you can unwrap it. It's a beautiful thing. And that's just kind of what drives me is just being thankful. I hate to talk in circles, but
2: no, I, I, I'm a big fan of gratitude and, and being thankful in this time of year. It's a, we're all reflecting on Thanksgiving and thankfulness. And I think it's a fantastic, you know, th- uh, thing to mention because that does keep us going. And, and, you know, we can't think about or be anxious or think about things that are going wrong in our life at the same time of thinking about what we're thankful for and what we're grateful for. And so I think that's awesome that that motivation keeps you going. So a couple last questions here for you. Uh, The first is this. What are three tips that you would give a sad clown or a PAX member who's struggling with their health to get started with their hunt for wellness?
1: I'd say, you know, three tips I would give is um, the easiest and hardest step is always, you know, that first step to get out of the door. But the hardest one is to keep going. It's always easy to get up and put your foot on the floor. It's easy. It's hard to get out the door and do it. So, if you can just get over that second, that second day and just keep going and just lean on each other. The other tip I would give is everybody else is going through a challenge. So if you just look to your brother and just say, hey, what are you struggling with? And just listen for a bit. You realize that either it's not that bad or you can help. And if it's not that bad, what you have, you can be like, all right, well, it could always be worse. And you're like, hey, I can help him. But in order to help him, I have to be a little bit better. And that can, you know, push each other. And the last tip I would get is life's short. You know, if you can't, if life's short, just do the best you can every day. And that's, those are three big things I would just give.
2: Great, man. Great tips. And it's going to probably help a lot of guys that are struggling or or not quite sure what the next step is to to implement those things. So I got one last question for you, but uh, before I ask it. I just want to take a few seconds here and just acknowledge you say thank you for your willingness to be vulnerable and share your story and your willingness to come out and and just help other PACS members who might be struggling with whatever their physical uh, obstacles or challenges might be and just inspire them to regardless of how bad their health might get, that there's still hope on the backside of things to regain it and, and not only regain it, but excel in it. So Thank you so much for your willingness to do that. Um, And is there a contact uh, info that you'd like to share that if there's a PAX or somebody else that'd like to reach out to you and just um, ask a question or shoot you a a friendly text or whatever, is there a contact info that you'd be willing to share?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, My email is matthew.ladder at outlook.com and you can reach me on a F3 branch nation on the spork at Jeter. So if you have any questions or anything like that, those are the two best ways to reach out to me. And I'm always willing to turn a brand a question and I'm always looking for tips on second F.
2: Awesome. And my last question for you is this, uh, what is your definition of wellness?
1: I'd say wellness is the ability
2: to persevere and overcome
1: challenges in any and all capacities, whether it's physical, mental, or, or otherwise. In order to have a challenge and overcome it, you have to have some sort of wellness background to beat it. And whether it's trying to lift a barbell or get over an illness, wellness is the key to success.
2: Hey man, that was perfect. I appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Hey, thanks Bones. Thanks for hosting this. I really appreciate you and the opportunity to tell my story. Uh, I meant to say this at the beginning, but I got to it now. I wanna thank my parents, my family, all my doctors, everybody who stood there by my bedside i would like to thank a group called Adaptively abled fitness and my best friend melissa DeCellis for all the help they got they gave me initially to get through, to get the first few phases of my journey down they were incredible all the stuff they did can't even will be a whole nother podcast in and of itself lastly and you know last but not least of course thank you Effie Grandshand, for taking me aboard thank you for giving me the name jeter Thank you, Headgear, Humpback, One Call, Rousey, all of you wonderful packs. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Let's get some.
2: Thank you, Jeter. Have a great day. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Hunt for Wellness podcast. Please rate and review our show and be sure to share it with your F3 brothers. As always, we are looking for inspiring stories to share and health experts to interview. So if that's you, please reach out to me at bones at huntforwellness.com, on the nation's Slack at Bones, or Twitter at HFW Podcast. And until next time, this has been Bones guiding the packs of F3 Nation on their hunt for wellness.